When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Progressive presents an interview with your upstairs neighbor. My name's Barry. I live right above you. I don't host parties. I host after parties. They're like parties, only louder and nobody goes home. You can see right here I ripped out all the carpeting because it was holding me back with my pogo stick. Man's got a pogo. Oh, I'm a prankster. I'll grease up a soda can and then when somebody grabs it, boom! <laughs> Progressive can't save you from your upstairs neighbor, but we can save you money when you bundle renters and auto insurance with us. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Ghost in the Night with Phil Sams. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to episode number 19 of Ghost in the Night, a Hauntings and Paranormal podcast. I'm your host, Phil Sams. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Now, today we have a very special guest. Once again, we have Melissa Cummings from The Haunted Ride. Her podcast is great. You really need to go check it out. And I'll have all her links to all her social media, to the podcast, to her website in the show notes or the description below if you're watching on YouTube. Now, we had a really good conversation and it went a little long. So, basically, what I'm going to do, I'm going to break this uh, interview or conversation into two different parts. So part one will be the episode you're listening to now. And next Tuesday, we will have part two of the conversation. We covered two different topics in our conversation. So the first topic that we're going to, we dive into is astral projection. You know, I'm personally didn't know a lot about it. I got the idea to do a podcast on this topic be from listening to her podcast. So go check out her podcast on Astral Projection and also listen to this one. She really does a great job in explaining what Astral Projection is and how it works, basically. Before we get started, let me go ahead and get some business out of the way. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Night underscore Ghost. Follow us on Facebook. Give us a like there at Ghost in the Night. Don't forget to Subscribe and like the YouTube channel. All the podcasts are on there. If you head on over to philsams.com, you can find all the show notes for this pay for this podcast. And also, I have something new to uh, talk about right now, and that would be we are, have our official T-shirts for the podcast, which are available now. You can go to philsams.com slash paranormal dash merchandise slash, and that brings you to a page and I I decided to use Spreadshirt as the printer of the shirts. I think it's the best deal. I was trying to keep costs down. We have a couple selections of podcast t-shirts and also we have a few little quirky fun little designs as well. So head on over check those out. Show your support. Get a podcast t-shirt. Check it out. Now let's just go ahead and jump right into the podcast. 
All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of Ghost in the Night. Today we have a very special guest. She is, this is her second time on the podcast, and I'm super excited to have her on, and that is Melissa Cummings from The Haunted Ride. How are you doing today, Melissa? I'm doing good. How are you? Just doing lovely. It's another beautiful day here in Ohio. It's not quite as warm as probably Florida, but, you know, it's not snowing <laughs> here, so I'm happy. Look, I love the cold. <laughs> <laughs> I, see, I, I hate the cold. I I but I don't like I don't like the heat like Florida either. So I'm kind of I need to be somewhere in the middle. Yeah. You know I had you on this podcast because there's a couple things I want to talk about, and I also wanted to say that it seems like your podcast is really taken off, and I just wanted to congratulate you on your success so far. How's your experience you. been so far? Um, it's it's been mostly positive. It's been um a really good experience. It's also been really therapeutic, and um I kind of just feel like I hopefully doing something good for community of people. That, that, that's just a wonderful way to look at it. And you keep thinking like that, and you'll definitely have a lot of success. Now, your episodes come out every Monday, correct? Yes. Um, now, in your last episode, you kind of hit a, a topic that I not really know a lot about, but I've been interested in, and I wanted to do some research on anyway, so I thought, what the hell, I'll just go ahead and let you do all the legwork for me, and I'll just bring you on and let you talk about it. <laughs> Um, and that was about really, really two subjects. But the one that really struck me was the astral projection. You can you go ahead and kind of explain to myself and anybody listening what exactly is astral projection? Um. So I try to define it as the um, ability to essentially separate your spirit from your body, so that you do when you're sleeping, there's beliefs that that's what we all do when we're sleeping that we, you know, travel out of our bodies and we do things and that's how come sometimes we'll meet people and we'll say, hey, you look familiar and we've never met this person before, like we've never heard their name, we've never met them, we've never seen them, we've never anything, but for some reason we have some sort of familiar, uh, out, familiar, out, I'm sorry about that. Um, but uh, I would kind of think about it as just the process of separating your spirit from your body and sort of traveling, sometimes we can knowledge, other times for a meditation. It's like a meditation, but more for your spirit than your, your mind. Okay, and when you do separate from your body and you leave your body laying on the bed or wherever you're actually practicing this, where exactly are your, is your spirit or your soul going? Um, so there's sort of two different things. There's one where it's kind of like willful astral protection, and there's another where it's kind of more like accidental astral protection. Like I've heard stories where people, you know, they get a little busy, and then all of a sudden they see themselves doing something, but they're not there. Right. Like they they physically see themselves. They could be driving. They physically see themselves driving, mm. and they're not. They know that they can see themselves somehow like an out of body experience. So, astral projection is sort of that whole term of an out-of-body experience is about the same thing. Right. But if you're doing it more willfully, then you can go different places. Like, um, I've gone, and there's a particular part for that for some reason they start, like to gravitate to. I don't know if it's a half-life thing, but a lot of times I will go and I will sit at that part, actually, the whole day, and, and talk to random beings that come back. Mm-hmm. Or I will go up to the cosmos and sort of see everything and all of its beauty. Or 
there are different, um, and this kind of goes into like a little bit of a touchy subject for some people, but different realms. So um, there's one that I used to go to a lot, and there's like also like higher elevations of it and lower elevations of it. So I used to go there a lot. So typically, I just uh, either what normally happens is I will go somewhere that I feel connected to, or that I know in a past life I used to go to, and for some reason, uh, at least what whatever happened that day, or wherever I am, sort of in my particular journey, that's just where I feel like I need to go to get some answers. Um, I've also heard of times where people, people like sensitive or psychic people actually see you see them. Really? They see you as a ghost, and you're not a ghost. You're just actually huh. And then you come back. And you're like, wow, you know, that person was looking dead at me. <laughs> right. They were really looking at me. And, um, you know, you may never meet that person. But, uh, yeah, there's, there's things where, where it's almost like, um, I don't really know what you would call it, but, I mean, if you think about the fact that, like, when us and the Americans are sleeping, you know, the other side of the world is awake. Mm-hmm. So it does make sense that if you actually suggested and you... You do appear to look like a spirit. You don't have a solid, like a solid form, as far as like you look like a human being, like um, like a physical form, I should say. Okay. But you do have the spiritual representation of your body. It would make sense that if you went, oh, you know, like for instance, I apparently went to this park in England, so I will stay up there until, yeah, essentially the sun rises, basically. Um, and then I'll go hop around to different locations. But if someone was to walk by and just see me sort of chilling out on the bench over there, they might just think that I'm a ghost. Mm-hmm. I'm not a ghost. I'm a, like I'm I'm alive. I just can separate my spirit from my body. And this person happened to come by and was able to see. Me. So there's that. Hmm. I mean, that's now. Do the spirits? I guess that you interact with do they know or how do they treat you i guess i mean i'm assuming they have to know that you are not one of them for lack of a better term but you are somebody that is actually projecting into their realm i mean how do they interact with you an actual spirit it's touching so it's kind of like the same thing where some people know that they're dead and or some spirits know that they're dead and other people and other spirits don't Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I suppose I could take people to it's really interjectable, but other spirits don't. Um, so I'm not going to say like it's heaven or something. Now it's it's not that, but it's just this place that's like warm and comforting and peaceful. Kind of like when you imagine someone going into the light, you imagine a big white light. Well, you go in there. When I ask you to rest, sometimes there's a level that's sort of like a main open common area. And it's beautiful, and there's, there's places of trees and the yandering fields and all this stuff. And you've got a lot of people who walk by, and for the most part, they try to see for themselves mm-hmm. because they sometimes, like, sometimes you can clearly see like they're meeting other family members or stuff like that. Like, it's like a like a general meeting. And if you were thinking like if you play if you've ever played like a game that has like a economy with people, that's basically what it is. Like you can all go in there. I feel the most that most things will leave you be. But um, every so often someone will say hello or something like that. But but most people are just so 
in the moment of but typically the people I think who say hello or who want to communicate with you are also astral projectoring. They're not spirits. Like I can tell the difference between someone who's dead and someone who is alive. They're just not in their body right now. Right. So the most difficult thing is um, in that meeting place, and I think I discussed this on the episode, there's stairs that go up and stairs that go down. And some people are allowed to only go to certain levels. And other people can go wherever they want. So I, and I guess it's part of um, all my past lives, which all of them have had abilities to themselves as well. So I'm able to essentially go for the most part wherever I would like to. But like there's people, like there's like a little lower space and, and there's essentially like a little sign there that says basically, don't go down here if you can't handle what's down here. And that's like the, the more negative, um, representation. So I would say like those who were like negative spirits are, negative um, apparitions are, if you get to like a certain level, that's where demonic influence is. So the problem is like if you think about the positive places in the world, place, obviously the negative places in too. So they will trick you like a lot. Like I've seen people like, uh, for the most part, I'm not a huge social person. So when I go to the astral projection common meeting place, I like to mostly just view things, you know, go into the garden, go into like the little wood area, uh, just kind of chill out, I'll talk to a couple of things. But for the, the other thing that I tend to do is keep people from going down there because that is, I don't know how, I don't know how our brains perceive it in this physical state that we are. I don't know if they see it as bad dreams, if they see it something like that, but there's spirits that go down there that if they stay down there too long, something will attach to them. So when they come back to their body, they're now not just coming back to themselves anymore. They've now got something else back to them. Right. Um, so that's the, the dangerous part of actual particularly. So, if I understand this correctly, there's basically levels, and it's kind of Kind of like how we've been taught in Sunday school, I guess, you know, naturally up is good, down is pretty shitty. Yeah. Um, now, how do they keep, now does the, uh, I guess, evil spirits or darker spirits, I guess, that are down, do they, are they able to come up and come to the meeting place or do they have to kind of stay down there? There are, there are ones that will trick you. So kind of think about it as like a giant stairwell. So it's kind of just like um, whenever you hear stories of demonic activity, they'll call you, or I've even said it in the house, the house always seems dark. It didn't, even when the sun was up, even when we, it had tons of windows. You've never seen like the light really reach through the windows into the house. Mm-hmm. Or when people talk about how negative spirits, if they leave a light on or something, they will have less activity or, or they'll have less activity during the day than at night. So I don't particularly think that just like, if a spirit is extremely strong and it's negative, it's going to test you during the daylight. It's not like it can't do it, but it's harder. Right. It needs more strength. So the area that the common meeting place is literally like, it's like, it's like basically staring up in the sun. Like, it should blind you, but it doesn't. Huh. So, and, and it's filled, filled with this 
pure like white light, like just filled with it. Every corner is there. So the stairway does have like a little bit of the light coming down, let's say the top step. But if you go down one step from that, you might meet a little negative being who is just trying to get you to come down there. Like I've I've seen them try to trick people. They'll say um, because uh, you some people can pull them pull this back up, which I can be one of them. So I've seen people say, oh, um, you know, they're they're maybe one or two steps down, and they'll say, oh, uh, you know, I got down there, I can't get back up. I need help. I need help. And then that will draw a positive spirit that wants to try to help them. So it's not like there's like a gate or anything there. It's all three levels. You want to go down there? You're going down there with the knowledge that you might bring something back with you if you don't, if you're not careful, and if you don't know what you're doing. But that is a lot of the times how some neuropathic stuff will say, oh, you know, thank you so much for bringing me back up. But then if you come back up, you don't have anything with you, at least you can see. You do have something with you now. You just can't see it anymore because once it's attached to a positive spirit, it can go wherever the positive spirit goes. That's all it wants. It's basically kind of like a, I can't remember the name of the, of the, the story, but there's a story about spirits that essentially jump on your back and that they carry you, you carry them around with you on your back. And so it'll, it'll make you, there was a movie with, I can't remember the weird movie, but something happened to this girl. And she essentially, as a spirit, lived on this guy's back. And he would have spinal problems and back issues and things like that. And he didn't understand why, because he was healthy with the dog and he did all these things. He didn't get it. And it was because the weight of that negative spirit on his back. Right. And so that's essentially what a negative spirit will do to you. And by, by negative, I mean like, like there's angry spirits and they have their own like place, but they don't go with it even so. Like they don't, they're not in the same, like, they can be, but, like, their general meaning area is not the same music area. They're just a little bit on the lower side of the field than the, the positive main meaning space common areas. So if you go down the stairs and something's there waiting for you or calling you down or beckoning you down or hoping that for the for the idiocy of you that you decide to go down there just to, you know, see what it looks like, those just jump on you. Mm-hmm. And then they can go to light up all they want to. And then when you wake up, they're now here. Like, they're here with you and just, because you let them come on you. So that's, that's the, the bad part about acting. You just need to know to be careful and don't wander if you can't. Essentially, if you, if you don't feel confident enough to get rid of those things, don't wander down those places. Right. Now, what exactly are the dangers? Because I have heard that, you know, from what little research and what little knowledge I have of the subject, is that, you know, there's a chance you might not come back. Yes. And how how and why? Um, so I have not encountered this, but I, when I first did reading about astral protection, I did read this too. And it was the thought process that when you do astral projection, you have a, a, a tether mm-hmm. from your body. Because what happens when you do astral projection is you will float out of your body, and if you turn around, you'll see yourself in whatever sleeping position you're in. You'll see the clothes you have on, you'll see essentially exactly, it's literally like you're looking out at yourself. Mm-hmm. 
So some people have essentially a tether between their physical selves and the spirit. So they can go wherever it is that they want, but if they want to wake back up, they have to essentially use that tether to get back to their body for okay. Well, one of the problems is I've heard this. I don't know if it's true, but obviously let's say that if something was to happen to the body, so like let's say that you know, there was a fire or something, and you're off in spirit land having a grand old time, and you're not paying attention to the warning signs of your body, then you don't have a body if you're done. Right. At the same fraction, there are, and this is sometimes why negative spirits will pop on the positive spirit, is because they can cut the tether. So if you can't get back to your body in cut, which this is the most positive or the most popular um, thought with actual projections in the uni, it's if you are unable to get back to your body in time, by the time that you are planning to wake up, you will die because essentially your spirit's no longer in your body. Right. So some people have tethers, other people don't. I learned like the people who don't seem to have tethers, they are just um, a little bit stronger, a little bit more powerful. So they can get back to their body and they'll be fine. Um, they don't need that bond. But but you'll see it when you're actually positioning. Like you'll see if you have a tether. If you don't have a tether, typically you should be okay. But but there's also like that case is like the tether is to help you drive you back to your body and also let you know if your body is in danger or if you're in danger. So the other thought process too is if you go down too far into like a little you know deep black hole then something can hurt you. And if it hurts your spirit, it's hurting your body too. And if it takes too much of that, it will. So there's a, um, there's a, a lot of people who believe that people who die in their sleep, who have no medical problems, who have an autopsy, nothing's wrong, they didn't take any pills, they commit suicide, there's no poison in their system, there's nothing in the The thought process is, that they decided to leave their body in actual production and they just never came back. Right. And so your body can't really live without spirit and so then it just dies. Because you didn't you didn't come back in time for you to make up. I don't really know I've never really understood what time to wake up means. Like like I understand it like if you set an alarm. Right. But is it like the body's functions to wake up? Like, let's say your body needs to get back and to it. You, like, your body needs to be moved and you're not back in time to help the body move. Like, I don't, if it rises then, I have, I don't really know what it is that they, they classify as, like, the time for your body to wake up is. But basically, like, you, you need to be back. And, and there are some people who they can only be out for so long. Or they can only be out for two hours and then back. If they're not back in two hours, they're gone. So it's it's a lot of if you if you decide that you want to do it like that's why they say either stay around or near your body or near your home or in your same time zone so that you're able to come back because you can come back quickly that's not that's not really that much of a cost but you you want to be in as much of a positive place in a positive zone and be around yourself if you can be. Or if you feel comfortable, and just, you know, come back and, and ease yourself back in. And over time, once you'll get stronger, too, and be able to do a little bit more fast if you're unsure. But in my personal opinion, if you're unsure about asking the question, just don't do it. 
Um, right. Because you don't know, like, you don't, like, like, let's say you live in a haunted house, and you actually protect yourself. Well, what do you think you're going to see? Now you technically release your spirit from your body so you can travel around. Right. You're still, you can still be in your house. You can still meet all the other stuff that's there. So you just have to be careful about your surroundings and if you feel comfortable or not and, and what you're doing and really like research so that you make sure that you're okay. Well, that would definitely make it paranormal investigating a lot easier. You can, you know, <laughs> what the, I mean, that'd be, kind of takes the fun out of it. T- takes the guesswork out of it at that point. <laughs> that have more spirits in it or not. But I mean, then you're also, because most, I mean, most spirits, they like to travel. You know, if, if they die somewhere, they're not just going to stay where, your, where their body is and what they need something. So it's also like, okay, what do they need? If they don't need anything, what's keeping them here? Because I'm sure they would rather be off somewhere else. Right. And it's like, okay, well, you, you know, it, and that's part of the whole, you just have to be really careful part. Right. Now, when it comes to projecting, what, um, I have something in my head where you just like laying on the couch, laying on the bed, and go into a meditative state. When is the best time, I guess, or when is there a better time to make the attempt? Because I have heard that it's not really easy to do. I mean, people have tried and failed, I guess, and not been able to do it. Um, when's the best time to do it, or when do you prefer to take that journey? Whenever I have done it, it's always been what I am thinking. Like, like the moment right before you, you slip into sleep. I used to be able to, and I used to still do it, but I, I just haven't had a need to do it in a while. And also, you know, I have been trying to hide my abilities for a while right. to try to live a more normal life where I didn't have to see things and hear things and feel exactly. things all the time. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that also included not really ash rejection. That doesn't mean that my spirit didn't travel of its own well-being because it just felt like it. But I wasn't, I, that was more like where I, where I crossed my head under accidental travel. Like, my spirit knew what I was doing and I had a grand old time. Mm-hmm. But I didn't say, like, hey, I want to ash rejection. Right. This is just my body just doing what it wanted to do. Hmm. Um, but I've been able to sometimes I'll just close my eyes and you know, like there's like um through that like blackness in your vision right. thing. Yeah. Um so what what I used to do was to essentially help put myself in this uh, meditative state. I would close my eyes and try to see like almost like I was attempting to see into that that blackness. Right. And that would help because I'm not using my actual eye and I'm using other other things to try to push into that. That would help get me into like the right state. But I would just say like when you're sleeping. Because sometimes the spirit travels on its own. So use this time to do it is because if you're sleeping, you know, you have your translate. Some people believe that you're subconscious is active when you're asleep, really what you're trying to tap into is your subconscious self to use that to to say, okay, well, you know, spirit detached from our body. So I would just say when you're right when you're about to go to sleep, like like not when you first lay down in bed. But if you know that, you know, you're really tired 
and you're so close to falling asleep, then. Like, that's the perfect time. Because, like, you're in, like, some people, like, they only have, um, they only see spiritual stuff when they're right, like, a second right before sleep. Right. So if you, if you get in that pocket, I find that that pocket is, like, the easiest place for you to perform the acting stuff. Hmm. Very interesting. Now, just to play devil's advocate, I know some people are probably listening to this or who will listen to this will say, okay, from what you just said, um, we have a term for that. It's called a dream. How do you, how do you, how do you respond to that? Um, so they say in your dream that you're not supposed to be able to smell or, um, smell or taste. Okay, yeah. Um, well, if you go to Ash Production, um, and let's say you go to the common meeting area, you can smell the garden. And it's not in room. You know, if you don't have plants in your room, you know what your room smells like. Right. You can smell the garden, you can you can feel the fruit, you can you can I don't think I've ever tried to taste it, but it's just that you could attempt to taste it, I don't know. I never tried that. That was a little out of the norm point. But, I mean, sure, you can take the dream, but how many people say that they've had this, like, weird, like, you know, weird-ass dream where they met someone, and then they meet the person two weeks later? Did you have a psychic occurrence where you had a premonition you were going to meet this person? Or did you somehow actually meet this person, and then somehow you guys push yourselves together because you both remember meeting one another, and now now you're together? Who's to say that dreams aren't astral production or that astral production isn't really a dream? I mean, I've asked myself that a whole bunch of times, but then, you know, uh, with the occurrence that I had with the spirit guide who decided who was not my spirit guide, the question is, where did I pick him up from if that was the dream? Like, where did he come from? He didn't just, I mean, I knew everything that came in and out of that house. He didn't come from the portal. He didn't come from any of the portals. He wasn't an attachment from outside. So where did he come from? He had to come from somewhere. And where he came from was that meeting place. And then additionally, like, I've got a great imagination. Mm-hmm. And yes, we could say that, you know, I, in some way, picture imagination, I remembered every face that I've ever seen from a television show or from numerous television shows. And while I was asleep, I choose all of these faces and all of these bodies and all of these people in these places. But I, there's people I've never seen. I've never, it's not like, it's not like I went in there and I saw Elvis. What is the Elvis? I don't think it's that extreme at all. Like, it could be, it's random people. And then it's like, okay, well, let's say that I saw that one person. Why can't I see, like, their family members? Like, yes, you know, your mind can do amazing, incredible things, but I don't think my mind is that amazing. Like, like, like it's good. I don't think it's that good. Right. So, it's, it, I think for me, like, when I would go to, like, the Cosmos places, um, that was when I had, like, that question, because I was also, I, I was really skeptical for a long time, you know, I told you that, mm-hmm. and whenever I would talk about what would happen to me, my parents would just call me crazy. Right. Okay, so I believed that I was crazy. Like, I literally thought that there was something mentally wrong with me, and that apparently, you know, because at that period of time, schizophrenia was a really big term, and it was, you hear people and you talk to them when they're not safe. Right. So I thought, okay, well, that must be what I had. But, okay, then why did I know these? Why did I see these things? Why did I do whatever? And I was logical, and I was in my right mind. 
And so why did I see these things here where I might not see these things there where I saw those things there where I could verify details? Like, you can sit down and you can say, yes, I do believe, and, you know, I, I appreciate being so skeptic. I don't, I don't think skepticism is like, oh, you know, this can be it, or what, I don't, I don't think that's the term skepticism. I think skepticism is, you go through all the logical, scientific things that you can, right. and you, you, you believe in that first and foremost. Right. But if you can't, and I think this is where really skepticism then becomes like open-mindedness, if you cannot find a way to, to figure it out logically and scientifically in your skepticism, then you have to say, okay, I don't like the answer. So it could, I don't know what it is. If you're, and, and that's what I, I appreciate that from people. Like, I don't think you should go into any situation automatically using something that's terrible. Right, yeah. And I, I think, because I think when you do that, you ruin part of the um, authenticity of it. People are going to ask you questions and you can't answer the questions because you never bother to think that. But if you go into it with skepticism, you ask all those questions. And if you came back with a, well, okay, that can make sense. What, what about this? This makes sense, but what about that? Like those, but what about? Like where they have no explanation. That's really all paranormal means. It's something that's not normal. Right. Yeah, so I mean, then you have to put it in there. I mean, it's being a skeptic is good. Being a cynic <laughs> is bad. You know, but and there yeah. are, but there's going to be both. There's no way. There's going to be people that are going to, no matter what you say or what you could tell them, it's black, and they're going to say it's white, even though they're looking right at mm-hmm. it. And there, you can't, and I don't think about trying to change a cynic's mind. Now, you don't mm-hmm. have to change a skeptic's mind because a skeptic's mind mm-hmm. is open. But he might be lean. He or she might be lean one way or the other. But they're not going to completely say, like what we've just talked about. Say, uh, you're freaking crazy. A skeptic will kind of listen to you and kind of say, kind of say, you know, I don't know. Make it makes a little bit of sense, but I've never experienced it, so I can't say one way or the other. So, you know, skeptics suck, or skeptics are okay. Cynics suck. Yeah, and I mean, you know, here's something for anyone who is interested to say me. So, uh, I knew there are certain things, and the first time I ever had uh, this happen to me, I was four years old. And I've got, I've got a really good memory. Mm-hmm. And I also think that, like, paranormal things stick out to you. You know, something that just seems a little bit off, it sticks out to you whether you want it to or not. And I remember when I was four, I had a dream. And I was in this, like, here, this, you know, this is way before I did ask production, way before I did anything like that. I was in this, um, pure light space and I was in a bed. And these two things were telling me a whole bunch of stuff. And they were telling me a bunch of stuff that I would have to go through in life. And they were telling me what would make it easier. And I remember saying, you know, well, that's a lot of stuff. I don't want to have to go through all that. Like, I don't want to have to deal with all this. Like, I don't want to be here. Like, I don't, like, I just don't want to, to, it, it was, it was, thoughts and practices that I don't think a four-year-old would say or um, do. So, and they told me, well, you know, you have to go through this. Like, this is the path. You have to go through it and we'll get, 
spider, you know, when you meet your, your basically soulmate, or whatever whatever. So, later on in life, I learned that my mom had a really horrible pregnancy, and I actually, um, as a baby, I, I, they never, she never told me if I directly died, but by what she said to me, I think I did. Um, I had, uh, I was going through a so I had a um, really bad infection. And so she had a 105 degree fever, and I was at 110. So at that point, I should have been dead. Right. And when she gave birth to me, I didn't cry. I didn't do anything. I had to do a whole bunch of stuff to me. I was blue. Um, so, you know, by, by that, I would think that you would say, like, because she, she didn't even get to hold me once they first, uh, once they got me, they, they, they couldn't. They had to do all these things to try to make sure that I survived. Um, and so, I didn't know anything about this. So when she told me all of this, um, Later on, I, I always remember that dream I had when I was four. And then, uh, and I wondered, like, you know, I wondered if, because basically they were trying to tell me that, like, I needed to go, like, I needed to be, like, born. And I used to be like, no, I don't want to be born into a world where I have to go through all this. It just sounds terrible. And, um, and I just, I, I always thought it was a weird dream that I didn't really too much attention to it, but always stuck in my mind. So later on in life, I um, I had this, I would have visions of this man, and somebody told me don't, like, detract the feeling of that, but not trust the physical appearance. And I was like, okay, uh, I didn't really understand that, and I didn't know anything about like past life depression or anything about past lives or anything like that. I just knew that I knew the man. And I knew that he was a real person. Like, I knew he was, I knew it was not like a, it wasn't something that I just thought of or someone that I just saw randomly. Like, I knew him. And I, I could tell you things about him that he didn't have to tell me. Like, he didn't, he never, he never, it wasn't like I saw spirit. It was more like seeing a memory. It was just things that I knew about him. Um, so I drew this picture and I kept it for myself. Mm-hmm. And um, later on, you know, when I, when I first met my husband, I, I met him on a date. So, you know, there's not like you can see each other or whatever. But I just had this overwhelming feeling of, of I know this person. Like, I know them. And this is the person I've been looking for. Stop him. And he apparently felt the same thing with me, which was strange because we didn't know one another. And, and, um, as time went on and time progressed and we finally got together, I remember one day I told him and said, you know, it's really funny. I remember when I was, uh, I think when I drew a picture, I drew pictures of it. It wasn't the greatest picture, but I tried to find what I drew. And there was one particular detail that I had drawn. And I didn't know why I had drawn it. I never seen anything like that. And I tried to find um, what it meant and I could find it. He goes, you know, it's really funny to let you say that. He says, because I drew the same thing that I drew as a woman. And he described to me what the woman looked like. He described to me the details of the woman. And what's really interesting is my spirit, when it leaves my body, doesn't look like me. Right. It looks like a past regression of me. 
and what he and he didn't know that because he hadn't talked about like paranormal stuff in his act. He didn't know that at the time. But the exact woman that he was describing to his team was my past life. Wow. To his team. Yes. And now he's like, it, now I can listen about paranormal stuff that happens to me so, and, and stuff like that. But he's, he has, you know, his own religion and his own thoughts, and, which is perfectly fine, but he's very open to my stuff and I'm very open to his. And so it works out really well. But, what I mean by that is to say that it's not like he would go looking for anything paranormal, ever. He's not one, he believes in the paranormal, but like, if you're sitting there talking about psychics and stuff like that, he's kind of more of a, you know, Buddhist type person. Mm-hmm. Not like, not in, in the, in the skeptical way of, I believe that this can happen. I believe that this has happened. I don't think I've experienced it. I don't really want to experience it, but I do know it's out there. Like, that's kind of his sort of persona about it. So, there's no rhyme or reason or thought process for any particular way that he would know what my past life spirit looked like. We had not even discussed it until that moment. And I was like, wait, what? And it's a particular detail that my past life spirit has that most people wouldn't get. And I was like, what? And he said, I was like, really? He said, yeah. He, and he, he, was, he was like, why are you so surprised? I was like, because that's me. He was, I said, that's, that's what my experience looks like. And he was like, really? I said, yeah. I said, that's exactly down to what she looks like. Like, he described her like, like he had a picture of her or something. And it was insane. So when it comes to things like that, I can't explain that. I can't explain how someone who I have never met, at this point I'd only really known for about six months, would know anything uh, about what my, what my past life looks like when she doesn't look 100% like me. She doesn't even look like really 50% like me at all. It, it doesn't really make any sense. And so the only thing that I can think of and which does make sense to me is that Perhaps the same way that I was guided to go through certain, and knew that I would have to go through certain things in certain stages in order to meet this person. Perhaps she was a reminder, and, and, and that male figure was a reminder to me that this is what you get out of it. Like, keep the shirt, this is what you get out of it. I think she was the reminder to him. Hmm. But, I mean, I don't, I don't know any other way to explain that. It doesn't really make any sense to me. I don't know how he could have known if he was in whatsoever. That's yeah. what, that's what makes it interesting. You can't explain it. Yeah. There's just things in this world we cannot explain, no matter how hard we try. And mm-hmm. that's what you know. People that are truly cynical need to understand. There's no such thing as having all the answers. Even in science, mm-hmm. we're like I, I think I said last week. You know, you know they don't know everything. They're still finding things out mm-hmm. even today, and mm-hmm. so they have to keep an open mind, and everybody has to keep an open mind. And when you yeah. don't understand it, that's really what the paranormal is all about. Yeah. That was part one of my conversation with Melissa Cummings. Be sure to tune in next week for part two, where we talk about witchcraft. That is something that definitely gets everybody's attention whenever you say the word witchcraft. So be sure to tune in next Tuesday for part two of the 
conversation with Melissa. I just want to thank her and be sure to go show her some love by following her on Twitter. I know she's on Facebook, The Haunted Ride on Facebook, and also check her podcast out. She's pretty much everywhere. I know she's Spotify, iTunes, all the, pretty much anywhere you can find a podcast, you can find her show. So head on over to check her out and we'll see you next week with part two of my conversation with Melissa. We'll see you next week. Take care. Charge hot and iced coffee from Duncan is made with 20% extra caffeine from green coffee extract because we could all use a little extra this year. Whether that's an extra boost, some extra boldness, or the drive to go the extra mile, we're extra ready for whatever comes our way and extra excited to take it on. Let's get it done with a medium extra charged coffee from Duncan for $2 with 20% more caffeine. And pair it with snackable stuffed bagel minis for an added all day boost. Order ahead on the Duncan app. America runs on Duncan. Participation may vary. Limited time offer. New Extra Charge Hot and Iced Coffee from Dunkin' is made with 20% extra caffeine from green coffee extract because we could all use a little extra this year. Whether that's an extra boost, some extra boldness, or the drive to go the extra mile, we're extra ready for whatever comes our way and extra excited to take it on. Let's get it done with a medium extra charged coffee from Dunkin' for $2 with 20% more caffeine and pair it with snackable stuffed bagel minis for an added all-day boost. Order ahead on the Dunkin' app. America runs on Dunkin'. Participation may vary. Limited time offer.